The third pick in this year's draft goes to the Philadelphia 76ers. The second pick will be made by the Los Angeles Lakers. And that means that the number one pick in the 2015 NBA draft goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Hello and welcome to the Double Clutch Podcast. This is a new group of guys that are getting together. We were going to get together earlier this week, but recording was pretty bad, so we still, we've come together again. I am Thomas Robry, and today I am joined by Joe Holbert. Hi, guys. And Mark Benton. Hey, hi, guys. Today we are going to discuss, quite a little bit too early, the 2015 NBA Draft, because on Monday night was the NBA's Draft Lottery in which Joe's Minnesota Timberwolves got the number one pick in the draft. It should be Towns, because we have absolutely no defence. We're 30th in defence for every category. You have three-point shooting interior. But from what it sounds like, Flip likes Okafor, because he wants someone who can shoot the mid-range consistently. So I'd like to think it'll be Towns, but Flip Saunders sort of in a world of his own. Yeah, I'd... I'd probably agree with that too. I mean, you know, Towns would definitely be the better option. However, there has been news reports of Flip obviously preferring Okafor. I mean, there's something come out today, I think, about it. So it's it's up in the air, really. I mean, they, they both have their positive and negatives, but overall, Towns is probably the better player. I know I'd agree with that. Watching the two all season in college basketball, what I found was in the tournament, Jalil Okafor, he went missing when he went up against Frank Kaminsky in the, mm. uh, I think it was the Final Four. He disappeared. And yeah. if he disappears in the big college games, what's he going to do in you, the pro? I mean, it's kind of worrying. You've just got to look at our conference. We've got OKC, so he's going to be up against Ibaka and Cantor, who are both good offensively. We've got Portland, who, well, we don't know they're going to have. Even then, there's, there's better centers in the NBA than Frank Kaminsky. Yeah, it's especially more physical. If he comes up against someone like you know, Demarcus Cousins or Andre Drummond, you know, how's he going to handle that? Yeah, that is a bit concerning. Um, I read today, well, listened to the Ion Bos- Basketball podcast earlier, and Zach Harper was talking about um how he thinks he agrees with us that it should be Towns as the number one pick. Nobody has confidence in Flip Saunders. Everybody thinks that they will mess up this pick and go for Okafor. And whilst Okafor, yes, he's slightly better offensively, most people are in agreement that Towns has the better skill set to develop. Because he's a better yeah. defender. Yeah. He's got some post moves that he can develop. Whereas Okafor is offense disappears a bit. And I like Okafor. But the number one pick, you want to go for the all-round play. You don't want to focus on just offense or just defense. Yeah. No, I think I think we've got a real chance of being a great team. But Flip is holding us back. You know, his first spell, he did a great job. You know, he didn't have much to build around. He had Garnett, but we never got good role players. And Kevin McHale messed up our draft picks. But he's holding us back here. He's done a decent job as GM so far. He got Shabazz Muhammad. He got Gary Neal, who's been a good player for us. He's, I think he's going to undo all of his good work if he picks Okafor. Yeah. I think, uh, going back to Old Towns thing, though, like, I think with Garnett being in Minnesota at the minute, I think it's really going to benefit Towns, especially considering he's a forward-centre combo. So I think 
with Garnet working with Towns, he's going to develop even more. Even though, t- to be honest with you, he's already well developed and an all round player. So at, at the end of the day, I give Okafor credit. He had a good season, but they are both freshmen, so you, you really don't know, really. Um, we're going to go to second pick, which now belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers, having flukily managed to keep their top five protected pick in the lottery. I have Jalil Okafor going there. Okafor has apparently come out and said that he wants to be a Laker, which obviously most people say they want to be a Laker because in Hollywood there's no tax or anything like that. So he's pretty good for money. But do you think Okafor is going to be a good fit there? Because last year they drafted Julius Randle, who obviously went down early. Ed Davis had a good year. They've got Jordan Hill, who sometimes looks like a double-double player, but sometimes looks pretty terrible. I personally think they should go guard if they don't go Okafor. But is Okafor too big of a name to turn down? I think so. I mean, you look at their guards, they've got Clarkson, who came really good last year. But I think Moody Eye is the best fit for the team. I think they need someone who can distribute the ball. But, you know, Byron Scott plays an offense that requires a passing point guard. But I... I think they're going to pick one of the two big men. I think if we somehow pick Okafor, they're going to go for Towns. I can't see them going for Russell or uh, Moody. No. It's the same sort of situation with Minnesota. I think, you know, Minnesota have gone there. The Lakers have Kobe. Yeah, it's his last season, but Kobe will put everything he can into that team. So I think it would make more sense to get a guardian who can learn from Kobe in his last year, learn the game, get everything right, I, I think it would be a better move, but like you say, Okafor's too big of a name for him to turn down. So. Well, the talk is still about them being one of the only teams who will be willing to pay Ray John Rondo, which I think is stupid because he is nowhere near. St- I don't think he's a starting point guard anymore. He just looks nah. past it. I mean, and- I, I could see him ending up back with Dot Rivers, but as backup, the only thing he's got going for him is that Byron Scott does like a passing point guard for the system he runs. You know, a lot of quick screens off mid-range shots. But is he worth it? If he can't get to the line. He can't shoot. And I just think the way the NBA is going with more three-pointers, I think it's becoming where both your guards need to be able to shoot now. Well, as you yeah. said, they, they had Jordan Clarkson last year from Missouri. He wasn't really touted that highly. He, he went in the second round, I believe. Why not develop him? So Bill Simmons said that why would you put the money in Rondo when you can invest money in a small forward or, you know, a backup shooting guard who can take minutes away from Kobe when he's having one of his two for 25 nights, which for some reason he still shoots. <laughs> why not yeah. do that and then draft yourself a center? Because Okafor is a forward slash center, so he does give them a little bit more versatility. Their front court might actually be pretty good next year with Davis, Okafor and Randall. Yeah, yeah. me and Matt were talking about this yesterday. The Lakers' future has gone from pretty bleak to actually, you know, maybe there is a glimmer of hope for them. Pretty much the opposite of the Knicks, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> they, they can't get rid of some of their role players, people like Wesley Johnson. Because I do think the bench is important. I mean, this year, they, you know, their starters were really road. They, they were running a seven-man rotation for large spells of the season. Wesley Johnson is apparently um, supposed to be on his way to the Clippers. Oh my god. Joining their bench. <laughs> I did not know that. But um, on to the third pick, which is the Philadelphia 76ers. I have Moody Eye going here. I Ooh. can 
I can see the argument for D'Angelo Russell because he is a scorer, and they have had a guy like Moody Eye before in Michael Carter-Williams. I just think Moody Eye's experience playing in, like, because he played professional in China, I think that experience gives him the edge because D'Angelo Russell, according to quite a few people, is a bit of a dick, and I don't think that's what they need in their, their, their locker room because Brett Brown is their head coach. He's done a really good job. You know, their defence last year was very good. And I think they've got a good front court, so they're 100% for me not going forward. That's why I don't think they're that bothered that they're down at three. Um, but I just think they do need some scoring because their offence last year was absolutely dismal. Um, you know, I don't even know who they had on offence that's productive. Robert Covington could be sometimes, but I can see the argument for both, but I've got them taking Russell. Yeah, I, I I can probably see him taking Russell purely because he actually has that shooting stroke, whereas Moudier it's questionable. But I mean, going back to what you said about Moudier having this experience in professional basketball in China, I think it might actually be quite good for the 76ers. You probably need that. You know, he's not a veteran, but he's actually had experience elsewhere. They need another perspective because at the end of the day, the 76ers are a young team. Well, to be fair, all four of the top the top teams are young. I, I can probably see them taking Russell, um, but I, I can't see why they would take Moody. Yeah. On to the number four team, who probably should have been higher. And I'm sorry, Knicks fans. Who we got going to the Knicks? Because I have D'Angelo Russell. I think they need a point guard. Well, just a guard who can score, but can also facilitate to Mello, who you know is going to want the ball. And yeah. I've seen quite a few people giving them a forward or a center but this year's free agency class stacked at both power forward and center they've got a yeah. bit of money for me it's russell or moody whoever doesn't go to the sixes basically yeah that's what i've got i've got moody i not going there because he's the best fit for them i just think that's the way it's going to fall i can't see them going for anyone like you know well let's just say justice winslow or his i can't see them going for one of them so no. I've just I've got them going for Moody. I think yeah, he's a passer. He's going to set up mellow. He's going to drive to the paint, and then you know get it out to the three. Um, well, it depends if they still run that stupid triangle offense, but it's hard yeah. to see. I'm not sure he's a good fit for the triangle because he can't shoot the mid range shot. I'd agree with that, but they need a guard desperately in the free agency class. It's pretty terrible. Yeah, they had they had Langston Galloway looked promising I guess I'm imagining they're going to keep hold of him but is he good enough to be their go-to scorer on the guard side I'm not sure to be honest I think either of the two guys you know Russell or Moudier I think they're going to be perfect fits in the Knicks you know imagine like that 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 guard combo with Tim Hardaway got mellow yeah mellow is kind of mellowing off haha <laughs> so I did there um, but um, I, I don't know I think I, I yeah Again, I think it's gonna. It's probably gonna end up being Moody. I, I can't see him taking anyone else, uh, especially if Russell does go to the Seventy Sixers. Uh, so yeah. On to the Orlando Magic, who had a good draft last year. When you look at the players they got, getting Alfred Payton, who was really good when he got the chance to play, and Aaron Gordon, who defensively looks like he could be monstrous, but offensively he's far too hit and miss for my liking. I have them going with. Stapp's Porzingis from Latvia, who for me is very similar to Son Ilyasova. He's just got a better defense to his game. I've got them. They need help in that front court. I've got them going Winslow because it sounds like Tobias Harris wants out. 
Um, it sounds like the three that Orlando want to build around are Peyton, uh, Oladipo, and Vukovic, who is, and Vukovic is outstanding. Yeah. So, I think, I could see Porzingis as well. I think a lot of these teams that are sort of just outside the top three, they've got good choice. I don't think it's definite picks. So, it's going to be, I've got Winslow, because I think they need a wing scorer. Um, but Porzingis could go there as well. I, I'm probably going to say Porzingis as well. I mean, you know, you, they've got Aaron Gordon, who uh, I, he's quite he's quite a big guy, but he still plays small forward. Um, you know, Oladipo, Payton, and then Vucevic. I think with Porzingis in there, I think he's going to be a nice lineup. I can see him at least probably trying to compete for the eighth, eighth spot in the East with him in the lineup. Winslow is probably the more attractive pick, but as you say, I, I'm really not sure how what's actually going to go on without Orlando with the small forward position. It all depends on who goes or, you know, who actually stays, really. So, yeah, I'm going to say Porzingis just to say safe. My only issue with Porzingis, which, if you've seen him, he's 6'11", pounds, which I think is a bit of a stretch. He is ridiculously skinny. Yeah. yeah if Jared. he has to crash in the paint against some big guys, he is going to go down. Yeah, I mean, I like to look at the divisions of... Um of the teams because you're going to be playing a lot of your games against them and if you're looking at the um the Orlando Match Division I think they've got they've got Miami in there so he's going to be up against Chris Bosch and Hassan Whiteside and he, he's too skinny but you know does he want to change that and if he's against Washington I mean they are probably the most one of the most brutal teams in the league they've got Nene and Gortat who are, yeah he's going to get you know, bullied yeah I wouldn't want to see Gortat in a dark alleyway I'm going to tell you that right now <laughs> and you know Hornets they've got some big men in their team as well um, yeah I think that is his weakness but you know are you going to sacrifice that for space in the floor I, I would personally. I would too in all yeah. fairness yeah yeah definitely with the sixth pick we have the Sacramento Kings I have them taking Justice Winslow yeah I've, I've I got I'm sorry, I go don't think they're sold on either Ben McLemore, who I loved coming out of college, who has been a disappointment, or Nick Stauskas. Because Stauskas, what I noticed last year was the spacing that they had was a lot better when Stauskas was on the floor, but he did not shoot anywhere near like he did at Michigan, which yeah. isn't good, and Winslow at least gives them a wing scorer. Yeah, which is something him, I think they need. He gives them consistency, because Rudy Gay is probably one of the most inconsistent players in the NBA. Not, yeah. I mean, not, if he played like he did every game on his day, I think he would be a consistent all-star, but he just seems to have a habit of making winning teams worse. I, I can probably also say Winslow going at sixth as well. You know, it's it's the most logical pick. I mean, if Porzingis does go to Orlando, I think it's going to have to be Winslow. I don't think he's going to drop any lower than that. Um, as you say, it all depends on Rudy Gay, though. I mean, you know... What, where would Justice Winslow actually fit in with Rudy Gay? Would Rudy Gay leave and Justice Winslow would take his starting spot or would Winslow back him up? You would expect the starter at six, but yeah, Rudy Gay what... does offer you, he's not quite an all-star, but his numbers are very, very close to all-star. Yeah. Which, do you throw that away? I mean, you can obviously trade Gay and you will probably get a first round draft pick in return for him. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've gotten taken Paul Zingas. I mean, I'm just trying to imagine a front court of Demarcus Cousins, Rudy Gay, and Paul Zingas. I just think that is formidable. 
I mean, if yeah. Porzingis is stretching the floor, Cousins has got space to operate. And I think Cousins is the most promising centre we've got at the moment in the league. I think there's nothing he can't do. I just, I think George Carl would like to build a team like that. But again, as I said with the Orlando pick, it's, they've got a good selection of players here. I'll throw one guy out there. If he might, if he does slip, Moudier to Kings might be in play because George Carl likes a facilitator at point guard. Yeah. If he can get somebody like Moudier who can facilitate and get his front court the ball. Yeah. Right. Seventh pick is one that I am looking forward to, being the Denver <laughs> Nuggets. And we're taking Mario Hazondra. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah. No other player should be in consideration for this pick. He attacks the basket better than most players in the draft. He's arrogant, which is both a strength and a weakness. And he's the type of wing player that we need. Because we've got Gallinari, who can shoot, but he can't really drive. We've got Wilson Chandler, who will likely leave this summer, and our shooting guards, they're not that good. We get Hazondra, we have a guy who can attack and score, and we'll just lift the he'll lift Pepsi Center. He fits the up-tempo offense we're going to run. Yeah, I've, I've, this first one we've agreed on, I think I've got you um, getting Hazondra. Um I think Detroit will be kicking themselves that they've fallen just below you because I think they would have taken him as well. Um, but, yeah, I think you need a scorer. Your shooting guard last year, was it Randy Foy? Yeah, he's terrible. Yeah, he's a he's a bench three-point shooter. I mean, that is probably all he is. So. Yeah. And you've got Gary Harris. Is he yeah, we've got through? Gary Harris, who was at Michigan State, who we drafted last year. He is nothing but a three-point shooter. He's too oh, okay. skinny and too small. And I'd Probably. like him to develop a bit, but he can kind of dunk, but he's too small. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I can probably say as on, I mean, it's three gritted teeth. Um, I, I would kind of like the Hornets to take him, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I can probably see you taking his purely because he's, he's probably one of the most exciting prospect, prospects, to be honest with you. I mean, he's coming straight from Europe. Uh, as you say, he has like this little, Backstory is a little bit, uh, not the best locker room presence, apparently, but, you know, it, it, the NBA will probably straighten him out, I reckon. Um, I, I think he's just a little bit of a gamble. Could be a potential Lance Stevenson, I don't know, but we'll, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm going to say Azonja to the Nuggets at seven. I have seen a couple drafts mocks with Chris Stapps posing this year, which originally I was kind of okay on, but that is, I don't think that's realistic anymore because we have now have three European bigs on our team. I don't think there's room for any more bigs because we've Yusuf Nurkic, who was all rookie second team this year, Joffrey Lauvern, we bought over last year, and um, Nikola Jokic, who is the Adriatic League MVP, he's joining us this season, having been a draft pick last year. But the one. The one thing that I have seen a lot of is Justice Winslow to Denver, which, if we did that, Detroit would be salivating. <laughs> I think whoever you pick, Detroit are going to be... You know, Stan Van Gundy ain't going to be happy because they need a wing player. But luckily, there's some good ones falling just below. Ideal situation for the Nuggets. Get Scott Brooks. Get Hazondra. <laughs> Brooks had a guy like Hazondra in Russell Westbrook. Use him the same way. 
That's all yeah. I'm saying. If any Nuggets people are listening out, that's my plan. <laughs> all right, on to the Detroit Pistons with the eighth pick. I see that, Joe, you have them going with Stanley Johnson. Yeah, they're desperate for a wing player. I mean, they've got point guards Reggie Jackson and Brandon Jennings. Yeah, they're a bit streaky, but they're good. Um, you've got Caldwell Pope, who I'm a big fan of. I imagine they'll go for a stretch four because Stan Van Gundy loves his teams to just jack up threes. But they need a defensive wing. Uh, Singler is a terrible defender. I know they've <laughs> yeah. they got rid of him now. They got Prince back. I think he came back more sort of because he was a bit of a legend there. But he's not worked out in what Stan Van Gundy needs him to. I think Johnson's a good fit. He's getting compared to Meta World Peace on the um, Sports Illustrated draft. I'm looking at it's a decent comparison, but he shot 37% from three in college. I, I just think that's the best fit for them. I can't see them going any direction other than a wing. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think I think it's either going to be Stanley Johnson or Miles Turner. I can actually see Miles Turner going at eight. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, Stanley Johnson. I mean, you know, the guy is shooting... 37.1% on threes last season. Uh, so, you know, they need, and he's also pretty good at defense, which is obviously the main thing that Detroit need, Detroit needs. Um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Stanley Johnson on that. I, I, I kind of like Charlotte again to take the, to take Stanley Johnson, but I reckon he'll be snatched up at eight before they get any, get to sniff around him. So I have them going with Devin Booker just because. He is slightly versatile in that he can, he's a bit of a swingman, but his scoring, I know they need defense, but he is a fantastic scorer. And if you can get as many scorers as possible, that can only be good for your team. And they're going to have flexibility because Greg Monroe's probably going to leave them this summer, which yeah. about time. I think that's so, good so for they them. can go and sign somebody like Damari Carroll's a free agent. Well, I've seen that Van Gundy has been linked to bring Ryan Anderson back to space the floor. They put up a lot of threes. I watched quite a bit of Detroit this year. Yeah. So it'd be a nice fit for them. And I do like Ryan Anderson. But Booker would be interesting because they've got Caldwell Pope, who I think is a really, really good player. He's a good defender. He can hit the three pretty consistently. But, you know, Van Gundy does like those three-point shooters. On to your Charlotte Hornets, Mark. Oh, yeah. You take oh, yeah. the floor. Who do you want? Oh, there's many. Um, personally, I think you can see them going with Booker, Devin Booker, purely because we need the three-point shooting. I mean, we were third from last in... Wait, no, no, we were last in three-point shooting. I think we were third from last in overall shooting. So, you know, Devin Booker, I can see definitely... I think he'd probably be the best fit. It, it, we need three-point shooting. That's it. That That's just it for me. The only other person I'd like to see them take is Willie Cauley Steen because again we have Biombo who may or may not uh, be playing for the Charlotte Hornets next season. Um, hopefully, if 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 they do keep Biombo, it would probably be a three to four million contract. But I think he'll uh, demand a bit more than that. But uh, yeah, we'd need to fill that space. And I mean, we'll have Al Jefferson for another year, and Cauley Steen could learn from Big Al, and then we'd have a, potentially a really nice front court. I mean, you, you know, we'll be having MKG. Noah Vonley, and then potentially Willie Cauley-Steen in the future. I mean, imagine that soon. That's going to be amazing. I have you going with Willie Cauley-Steen. I think you need defence in the front court. Jefferson, yeah. as good as he is offensively, he is probably one of the top five offensive centres in the NBA. He's a turnstile. So you need somebody when he goes out. Yeah. Cauley-Steen's a defender. He's really good at 
getting blocks. He can just crash. He can crash the boards as well. He can rebound as good as anybody in the draft. And I think that type of front court with, as you said, you, you got like Vonley, Jefferson, Zell is still there as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Zell is still there. Again, it's a guy I forgot to mention. Potentially having that front court could be really dangerous. Although I yeah. do, Booker does make sense as well. I have been going with Ubre, but I'm changing to Booker now. I don't think they need a swingman. I think Ubre's going to drop a little bit after doing a bit more research on him. They need scoring. I mean, now I think they were bottom of offensive efficiency, Charlotte Hornets, yeah. which is yeah. pr- pretty bad. I mean, so yeah, I've gone going for Booker. Number ten, the Miami Heat. On Sports Illustrated, they have them going with Miles Turner from Texas. I have them going with Kelly Oubre because they need to find Dwayne Wade's replacement. And I really think Oubre could be that guy. That's basically my reasoning behind it. He's a good player. He's a bit versatile. He's, he's a bit of a scorer. He's not what Wade was coming out of Marquette, but he can develop behind Wade and take his place, in my opinion. Yeah, I can see why you think that. And they need constant wing defence because Luol Deng can't play 48 minutes. But I've got them going for uh, Miles Turner as well. I think what I think their bench is a bit small. I think when White Sox goes off, Chris Anson comes in. He's not the biggest guy, and he's old anyway. He's not going to be there much longer. And Turner apparently is, could be a stretch five, which would be very nice to watch for Miami. They're a team. Eric Spolstra likes to draw up a lot of um, a lot of perimeter plays. I, I think he's a good fit. He's a good blocker, good shot blocker. So yeah, I've got them going for Turner. Me personally, I can't see them going for Turner uh, purely because you got Bosch, you got Sam Whiteside. So I can, it, you may not agree with this, I can actually see them going with Sam Decker. I think with Luol Deng in his form slightly dropping, I mean, is, it, is Luol Deng a free agent after this offseason? I'm not too sure. A year after he signed a two year contract. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I, I can't actually see him getting a starting role this season so I, I'm I think that they might take Decker I think he'll be the most available small forward he's quite lengthy as well six foot nine for a small forward pretty good size I'm, I'm gonna say Decker yeah my, my problem with Decker is I think too many people will try and use him basically as Kyle Corver and he's I don't think like Corver for me it's just a shooter. I think he's overrated yeah. in every other aspect of his game, which you've seen yeah. in the playoffs. He's been ter- he's been horrible. Uh, we had a bit of a discussion about that, didn't we? I think we were talking about Danny Green and Kyle Corver about a month ago. And I think, yeah, I could see someone trying to turn Decker into that, especially drops to someone like OKC, where he's not going to be needed as a starter. I think he's got to be used correctly. He, he also disappeared. Like Okafor, he disappeared in his team's biggest game in college, in the national championship game, it should have been Kaminsky leading it, Decker as his go-to, like his wingman, quite literally, and Decker didn't turn up. And you're you're supposed to be this elite three-point shooter who had a really good tournament, but he disappeared, and I know you can't put too much in one game, but if you're looking for in the, at 10, you want a guy who can start and... I don't think Decker is a starter. I think he is just a specialist. Although, you know, a long specialist, he is just a specialist to me. Yeah. At 11, the Indiana Pacers, I have them going with Jerrion Grant, the Notre Dame point guard. And I see that, Joe, you have them going with Frank Kaminsky, 
the guy I was just on about. Yeah, they're desperate for offense. I know they're a defensive team. That's Frank Vogel's philosophy. But they they do need some offense in that front court. I think is Hibbert consistent offensively? I, I'm, I'm not too sure he is. David West, as me and Mark were discussing, only a very good chance he could retire. But even if he doesn't, I think he's out of there. I think to have someone to space the floor would be nice. They're a little bit narrow sometimes, Indiana. You know, it's all going through the paint, and that's great. But as we've seen with Memphis, that's not going to win you anything anymore. So I think Kaminsky's a good fit for them. Yeah, I've got Kaminsky at Pacers. I mean, I think he's locked in at 11, to be honest. I can't see him going any higher. can't see him getting, going any lower. They, As you say, they need offense, especially with Hibbert. He's, uh, Hibbert's form hasn't been the best. And David West, again, you know, as we spoke, uh, retiring possibly. Basically, I'm reiterating what you were saying. Uh, exactly the same reason that I can see Kaminsky going to the Pacers. See, I put Grant because I think they need to look for a point guard who is going to be there long term. Because they've got Donald Sloan, but I don't buy into him. CJ Watson we had, uh, was in Chicago for a while and he, just didn't live up to anything. He's a free agent and, now anyway, I think. And George Hill. He's passed it, which is a bit sad. He was quite good for San Antonio, but he's passed it. But the more you go on about Kaminsky, the more it makes sense because you said they need offense. But the beauty with Kaminsky is he played really good defense in college. So they're getting the best of both worlds with him. He's an all-round player. I think the one thing holding Kaminsky back is that he's deemed slow, but Wisconsin's offense was fast. And your point about him developing behind David West makes a ton of sense. Indiana's offense isn't fast either. Like it's not gonna be like it was at Wisconsin. It's more half court. George Hill isn't a player who distributes the ball quickly. They use a lot of the shot clock, so I think he's a good fit for them. They definitely need floor spacing. On to the Utah Jazz, who last year drafted my favourite prospects in the entire draft in Dante Exum, who had a pretty good year. They also took Rodney Hood, who didn't really do a great deal. And this year, I have them going with Stanley Johnson. I've got him sliding a little bit. I don't really have a reason for it, but they need somebody to play with um, Hayward. Yeah. And I think Johnson, if he slides there, he's too good of a player not to turn, but I think yeah. he's gone by then. <laughs> the only thing I would say to that is I think it's easier to find a defensive wing in the free agency. I think there's a lot of them around now. Um I've gone going with Willie Cauley Steen. I'm just, you know, that gives them 48 minutes of post defense because Rudy Gobert's, I mean, is he one of the best defensive centers in the league? I mean, he certainly had in that way. He yeah. Is, he is ridiculous. And I think, I just think Cauley Steen is a good fit. I, I don't even know who their backup center is at the moment, but I just think more depth at the big man uh, position, I just think that's only going to help them. Yeah. I completely agree, but the player I can see them actually going for is Trey Lyles. Um, I think they need help at the power forward position. Uh, to be honest, Utah don't need to, Utah don't actually need that much in this draft. I mean, they have, they have a good set of players. They just need time to develop, really. But I think Trey Lyles is probably the best fit. They need the power forward. Uh, I think, you know, he's, he's quite, he's quite, He's not quite as advanced offensively as, say, like Towns is, but I think he will contribute to the uh, front court significantly, especially with Rudy Gobert. I mean, he needs that help. So, yeah. The, another guy who I think could go to Utah, just because 
they need somebody who can be a bit situational is Sam Decker because Alec Burks is pretty he used to be quite good and he's a bit streaky as a shooter for them he's yeah. on a huge contract he's on a as well. stupidly big contract but like Dante Exum is a point guard who they want to use at shooting guard yeah. Trey Burke is a point guard but they need somebody who can play the swing and, and a lineup with potentially Exum Decker and Hayward with Favors and Gobert that is a lot of length yeah their defense mm. could be ridiculously good with that starting five yeah but Corey Steen can't go wrong with a backup centre for Gobert, which adds like four, as you say, forty-eight minutes of post-defense. Good luck, Western Conference. Yeah. Thirteen. This is a uh, Ross's team, the Phoenix Suns, who weirdly enough, Sports Illustrated have going with Corey Steen, which I don't see. I have yeah. them going with a guy from my favorite college, Kevon Looney from UCLA. He's a bit of a tweener, but defense is pretty solid. His offense, he's got moves that can develop pretty well. And with TJ Warren and him, because I don't think the Morris twins are a long-term fit for a team. No, no. Their potential front court with Warren, Looney, Len, which is why Corley Steen makes no sense to me, could be really good. Yeah. I've got them going with Looney as well. They need some physicality. Alex Len's good, but last year, Channing Fry was a big loss for his offense again. They need someone who crashes the boards because I don't think the Morris twins do that. Um, I just think they need, they just need a bit of grit. They've got some skillful guards, you know, they've got Eric Bledsoe, TJ Warren. I, I liked the look of him at the end of last year as a, a versatile scorer. I just, yeah, I think Looney is the best fit. I completely agree with you. Um, I'm not completely made up on the Suns on who they're going to take. Who do they actually have at the shooting guard position right now? They have Brandon Knight, but he's a free agent. And I've got a feeling he's going to get pretty close to a max contract because before he was traded, he was playing at an all-star level. Right. So So they could go shooting guard. See, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking they might actually go for RJ Hunter. Um, I think he'll be, you know, he's a good shooter. He's, he's pretty, yeah, to be honest, he's probably one of the draft's best shooters. Uh, but again, I, I don't know. I kind of agree with what you guys are saying though on Looney. Uh, I'm really not made up. I'm just going to go with RJ Hunter. I like Hunter. He hit a big shot that made his dad fall off his chair in the corner. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. If you've not seen it, go and watch it. 14, the last team in the lottery, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder, who were the only team to get above 500. Their team, considering they're in the lottery, is probably as good as any in the league. They just couldn't stay healthy this year. They don't need a starter. They need a situational guy. Me and Joe both have them going for Sam Decker, if he's there. We've, I've kind of convinced myself into Decker going a little bit earlier. So I don't really know who that I'd have them going with because they're pretty much stacked from one to five. Mm. Yeah, I mean, point goes, you've got Westbrook and Augustine. DJ Augustine's probably one of the best, um, backup point guards in the NBA. I, I've got them going with Decker because I just think it would be nice for them to have another project, if you understand me. Yeah. Um, He's obviously not going to start because of Kevin Durant and um, 
is they gonna are they gonna play waiters at starting or are they gonna put Robeson in? I don't know, but I just think it would be a good player to bring off the bench. And let's say Durant does join Washington, which I do think he will. Um, I think Sam Decker could be a good player to bring in if they develop him correctly. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, as you get further down the lottery, it becomes a lot harder to decide. Um, I'm probably going to go with Kelly Oubre. Um, I actually believe in what Sports Illustrated was saying, is that he's probably destined for the D-League next season. Now, that would probably suit them uh, a lot better because they don't actually need players. The Oklahoma City thing, they don't need players. So I think if they can actually have a little project who can grow, I think that might benefit them more. And eventually, Uwe could potentially be a really good player. You just don't know, do you? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Uwe. Whoever the funder get, the, the transition for them is going to be easier than most of the teams in the lottery because they've got Billy Donovan, who was at Florida for a long time. So yeah. he is going to, I'd imagine he is going to run it more like a college system initially. They're linked with Monty Williams, apparently. So he'd like come in as a defensive coordinator, essentially. Yeah, yeah according to Yahoo Sports, yeah. That could really, like, that could help them out a lot, help him out a lot. I mean, obviously, as you said, D-League probably the best place for him next year. But if you've got an offensive guy like Donovan and a defensive guy like Monty, his overall game should develop really well. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I think Monty would be a um I think Monty would be a really good fit. I think he's a he's made for an assistant. He's a really, really nice guy. So Definitely. he's yeah, he's not gonna come in as a hard ass assistant who's gonna be on the player's back all the time. Um it didn't work out for him at New Orleans of course, but yeah, that'd be a really good. I, I think assistants are becoming more important. I mean, you've just got to look at what Alvin Gentry has done at, um, at the Warriors and the Clippers in the last two years. So, yeah, how important it is to get the right assistants in. Yeah. Well, you just look at assistants that have gone on to become good coaches in the league. I mean, Gudenholzer, mm. he Terry, was on dots. Stotts. Yeah, they were on coaching staffs and just went and developed. I mean, personally, having Watch the Nuggets this year. We had Brian Shaw as our head coach, and he was awful. His assistant was Melvin Hunt. Melvin Hunt came in and won ten games. Although I mean that's not very many, but he won ten ga- ten out of thirty games in five or six weeks. As you say, you get the right assistant, and your team could be set for a while. Hi, it's Peter Vesey. You're listening to Double Clutch Podcast. Don't believe anything these guys say. Okay, guys, as you can tell, there are a few internet issues with that show that was recorded. Um, We do apologise for that. We'll try and sort that over the next few weeks. But these uh, three guys, most of them are new. Well, apart from Tom. He's been doing it a while. You should know better, Thomas. Um, So, yeah, you can check out the website, which is doubleclutchpodcast.co.uk, for more of the uh, mock draft posts and all of the draft preview build-up coverage, which these guys will be doing. Um, the Twitter is at Double Clutch UK. You can find Joe at Hulbert Joe on Twitter. Um, Thomas is at Thomas92. And then Mark is at Hornets UK. So you can give those guys a follow on there and obviously give us a follow to keep up with all the main news. But we'll uh, be back on Sunday night, hopefully, with some playoff coverage as me and Zach get back to our usual show. <laughs>